0: After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to do. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
1: This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSP, Saturdays from 3 to 6. Next week, I'm on, actually, Sunday from noon to 3. But uh, what we're doing, this is the last show of the year for me and my producer Binkley. We, uh, the last show of the year, we look back on the on the year in the news with an eye towards what's most important to us. I'm a hardcore libertarian. I believe that uh, government is has a conflict of interest with the people. We look to them. Their official mandate is to provide security. National defense. And in order for them to get lots and lots of money for that, they have to make sure we feel insecure. It's just common sense that we have a conflict of interest with them. But uh, I'm not quite ready for the revolution. I have minor children and I feel like before uh, things got better, they would get worse. And we have the Bill of Rights, which Although I believe it is just limping along, it is still the one thing that's standing between us and the long, dark age of tyranny. So I try to make sure I pay attention to the stuff that is being pushed upon us in the news, either Rahm Emanuel style or Edward Bernays style, where crises are used to push policies people really would not want if they were thinking straight. So one of the big things, we covered it before the break, uh, is that the... One of the big stories that delegitimizes Donald Trump's presidency and delegitimizing the president has been the thing to do since 2000. The hanging chad, the Ohio voting machines, Obama's Kenyan birth, the uh, acorn voter intimidation. And no matter who would have won this time, you would have had the same thing. It would have been Hillary with illegal immigrant votes. It would have had Ted Cruz with his Canadian birth. And uh, and actually, the weakest of all of them, in my opinion, is Trump and the Russian collusion thing. And it, it is now, I would say, there is there is no question that Russian bots were used in the Alabama election to discredit Roy Moore and help Doug Jones win that election. But there's more more to it than that, I think, is that they talk about how they posed as conservatives to divide the conservatives— you can look at that as all this bad stuff that's happening on the left but in reality everything that i see here is is the elite manipulating the demos you know the people that they're definitely doing the same thing on the left it's a little more over because you can just call the left those who want big powerful government but when they go and say collective vote don't don't we don't care if you like the person or the policies vote because we're telling you to vote they are disenfranchising the left just as much as they are disenfranchising the right and and if you look at the list of uh organizations that this guy hoffman from linkedin and his political manager uh i think melhorn his name was uh is they they invested they have this thing called investing in us that's and it's pretty low key. I can't find the website or anything, but there's a statement that they released in response to this expose. And the expose, by the way, was released by, they, they, had, they had a bunch of tech workers in a conference where they talked about how they were going to use tech to make help democrats win and they made them all sign a non-disclosure agreement but one of the people was so horrified that they were using these tactics that they got they were spreading rumors about Roy Moore's predilection for young you know for girls or very young women uh, somebody was horrified and blew the whistle and then and then there was this massive kind of whitewash launched so the only thing I could find in investing in us was a response to that But he says, this guy says, uh, Mel Horn, I think that's his name, said uh, of this investment vehicle, political investment vehicle, run by, uh, funded by Hoffman. He says, to name just a few, our grantees have included nonpartisan civic engagement groups. And then this is the list of nonpartisan civic engagement groups. Woke vote. Right. So. I would consider myself a woke vote, except for now I know it's a totally subversive thing that's funded by the guy who runs LinkedIn. You think that's woke? Woke <laughs> is you know, supposed to be about understanding, pulling back the curtain. <clears throat> Hispanic Federation, vote.org, for-profit technology companies such as Higher Ground Labs and its portfolio, as well as CrowdPack. Uh, candidate recruiting and support groups, uh, such as the arena run for something new politics and the people's house project. This stuff is nonpartisan. Maybe, maybe they, they target both parties, litigation efforts, such as the anti-Nazi group, integrity first for America, (laughs) media companies such as acronym and push black resistance organization. I mean, this guy looks like a Nazi. I'm sorry to say that, but like, he looks like your classic straight out of world war II movies and he was, he's funding Push Black. Resistance organizations such as New Media Ventures and groups in their portfolio such as Indivisible, partisan groups such as Forward Majority. Indivisible is most definitely not nonpartisan.
2: Not in any way.
1: And Not in any way. I'm just saying, like, you look at these things and you think that they're grassroots organizations and look at the people who are running it. I mean, it's... And, and it's very hidden. We would not know this if somebody hadn't blown the whistle. And I'm sure the guy who blew the whistle... He's probably got trouble. I mean, we don't know his name, so we won't see the obituary. But I'm guessing. I I'm just that was terrible. I don't mean to say that, but we just won't know. But anyway, so
2: I love that that one group threw in that they were an anti-Nazi group, as though you really have to say that. Isn't almost every group an anti-Nazi <laughs> group?
1: And it's really—is it Nazis? Like what? You know what I mean? It's like a, it's like an
2: anti-anti dragon group. There's about about as many dragons <laughs> really as Nazis. Bro
1: pro-dragon people out there so i just but i do think it's important to understand that this is there i personally when i read it all i see is there are elitists global elitists who are operate not only above the parties in this country but above the countries themselves so and i believe that's where Stacey abrams comes from and she's my next one on the list but what did you have to say about the uh the Russian bots and I had also folded in Stormy Daniels as as where the media could have debunked these stories from the beginning yet they've been chewing on them for a year on left and right and they both exonerate I think Trump because they that they're not true
2: yeah they're not authentic the stories are never uh, they're very rarely ever proven and their stories at the beginning of the year related to how people feel about Trump's immigration policy. The talking points on Trump's immigration policy is that, just like Don't Trump... Don't
1: say that, any bad words.
2: Oh, nah. Just just like Trump, uh, the policies are bigoted, racist, and un-American. And this is just assumed true. And every, every story about this cites this string of stories that goes all the way back to the beginning of the year. And the... Where the whole story was that behind closed doors, Trump said that Honduras and other African nations are s hole countries, and CNN went on to say that word five thousand times. Oh my and that—that that was the foundation it of it. It
1: vulgarity for me.
2: Yes, vulgarity. But those stories <laughs> were ba- were based on uh, eight unnamed sources on, from CNN, like five unnamed sources, n- Which no is named crazy sources,
1: because there weren't eight people in the room with him when he said it. Right. Right. So there has to be. They have to be circular sources. Even a, yeah. if every single person was a source, a lot of those people are just secondhand. The
2: sources are like people across the street from the building when the meeting occurred. And That's how ridiculous it gets. Yes.
1: Well, I, now speaking of ridiculous, I wasn't going to backtrack, but I just you just reminded me in this in this uh, investing in us statement. It This is how it starts. It says, America's greatness flows from our constitutional guarantees of liberty and democracy under the rule of law, yada, yada. With America as the world's leading power, worldwide gains in literacy, lifespan, and the human condition reach stunning new heights year after year. All of that was put at risk in 2016 when Donald Trump took over the Republican Party and assumed complete control over the federal government. (laughs) I mean, just... Absorb that for a second.
2: It's it's alarmist.
1: America is the leading power with worldwide gains in literacy. Actually, I would question that. Lifespan and the human condition reaching stunning new heights year after year. That was put at risk. When Donald Trump assumed complete control over the federal government, he just
2: grabbed it by the throat.
1: I mean, this is a guy who stood this his paragraph starts with America's greatness flows from our constitutional guarantees of liberty and democracy under the rule of law. I mean, <laughs> what? And the, oh my, don't even get me started. I'm already started. All right. So Stacey Abrams, Here was the thing. This is what folds into that, is that when we started uh, examining Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp happens to be the two people who we targeted from the beginning as worth digging into because just as soon as you scratch the surface, you see stuff that contradicts what their image is. Brian Kemp, we had on the show, uh, Garland Favrito, who filed a civil suit against him, or maybe even it was a criminal, so I mean, it tried, made a criminal complaint against him for how he dealt with the twenty sixteen election as Secretary of State. Now why the Democrats didn't pile onto that and really bring because that was a real thing, right? Because sometimes losing is winning. Yep. And uh and but with Stacey Abrams, we also looked into her and found a I mean, a list as long as my arm of her elitist international institutional internships from Germany, Russia, the U.S. State Department, Columbia University. She's a member of the Council of Foreign Relations. It goes on and on, and and just like not actually joining the suit against Brian Kemp, she, uh, when Binkley you unearthed that she had burned the Georgia state flag, it was it wasn't about getting a racist flag changed. It actually derailed that effort for 10 years. Sabotaged it. Yes, because losing can be winning. If you get rid of the irritants, people aren't irritated anymore. And that's how the elite works. And they use people who who uh, exploit identity politics to keep your eye off the ball of what they're really after. All they're after is is money and power at the top, and they're at the top, and they're staying at the top.
2: Absolutely. And that story, the New York Times reporting on that, who ripped us off directly and published (laughs) it the next day and gave us no credit and then spun the story around to just create this convoluted reality where they made it sound like Stacey Abrams is the reason that the Georgia flag got changed when the reality is that she sabotaged the effort for her own benefit, um, At the expense of the people she claimed to be standing for.
1: And as she pointed out, Brian Kemp voted 10 years later to change the flag. Yeah. You know, so he did more to change the flag than she did. So, uh, yeah, they did not They could not give you credit for it because you're the one who found it. Because that would have driven people to our show to hear the whole story. Yeah. Which, anyway, you should drive people to our show. Go to propagandareport.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Uh, or you can uh, just tweet at us, and we'll tweet you right back, at Monica Perez Show or at Freedom Act Radio.
0: Monica Perez. Everything she
1: says true. She knew. Nobody believed
0: her. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
1: We are going through the top stories of 2018 from our unique perspectives as uh, my producer Binkley and I like to debunk propaganda and I especially like to get to the principles at stake, the policies being promoted at the expense of our protections. Uh, So I'm on number seven and it is Randy Quaid's Trump tweeting. Trump tweet reading. (laughs) No, I seriously though, um, I did think it would be fun to take a comic break Do we have a Randy Quaid Trump tweet reading audio? Uh,
2: Always have a Randy Quaid Trump tweet audio. What's the latest from
1: Randy Quaid? I am all
0: alone. Poor me. In the White House, waiting (laughs) for the Democrats (laughs) to come back and make a deal on desperately needed border security. At some point, the Democrats, not wanting to make a deal, will cost our country more money than the border wall we're all talking about.
2: Crazy, you should see, see his face, he's so intense when he's doing it. It's it's worth,
1: it's worth signing up to Twitter. What is his Twitter account?
2: His Twitter is at Randy RR Quaid, and I'll retweet this.
1: That, uh, see, the thing is, if the media treated Trump with that kind of gravitas, that kind of respect, you know, actually talked about. What he was saying instead of talking about his typos.
2: That also is a great example of someone actually being... A comedian actually being funny when they talk about Trump.
1: Truly original, funny, and not even mean or nice. Yeah. Not even mean or nice. He's just reading it a certain way. I absolutely love that. And it's the power of somebody who... I mean, Randy Quaid is not on the top of the totem pole in Hollywood. Mm -mm. And he, he just... You can't, how could you ban it even? You couldn't even ban it as much as you'd like to. But yeah, I love that. I love the, uh, the. see, because the thing is, <clears throat> my point is that Trump, even if Trump feeds into sounding silly, like you can just see over the years, they always say the Republican is stupid. Like Reagan's unauthorized biography was sleepwalking through history. They always act like W's dumb. But one of the last interviews uh, Joan Rivers did. Another person whose death I find suspicious, but uh, she said he's a smart cookie. He's no nonsense, and I think she would have called BS on on portraying him as dumb. And uh, and I'm just you could just read it in a certain way and have a different impression. So uh, that was my. We can count that as seven. I have a backup seven if you want to go serious. We'll talk about it after the break. 800-WSB-TALK. If you want to call, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.
0: Monica Perez. Now, there is a president who may have been elected, but the real man in charge lives several miles underground. On News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB.
1: I am your libertarian voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6. Next week, it won't be. It'll be Sunday from 12 to 3, but still a good three-hour show, and it's going to be my What to Watch Out For 2019 show. And I'll also go through some of the predictions I had for 2018, and if they came true or not, and you are invited to do the same. I just got a tweet from Johnny Cook who said he tweeted at me some good ones during the year, and uh, he's got some hits or misses. So if you want to tweet that stuff at me, at Monica Pereira Show, I'll, uh, I'll make a list of listener and um predictions that came true so but right now we're looking at 2018 uh the year in the rear view mirror and why the stories that i highlight are really significant in in what is our number one political responsibility not that we owe the duty to anybody else but maybe ourselves our parents for fighting and Wars they believed were defending our freedom for our children who rely on us to give them, pass down to them a legacy of rights and protections. And the beauty of the Bill of Rights is that they are actually, of course, it's not a Finite list of our rights, but it is a very good list of specific things the government might otherwise try to do to keep us from being able to fight them. So it's not a list of your rights like you can smoke pot or walk around naked. It's a list of things that you are have to be able to do to protect yourself from political persecution. So we are leading towards, I think, the biggest story of the year as far as. Um, encroachments on our rights and we're getting more towards that one thing that happened this year on valentine's day 2018 the day the internet died do you remember when i called that i do and how right was i
2: nostradamus
1: yep well only because it happened that day was the parkland uh shooting in florida
2: the day we all met david hogg
1: Yes, exactly. And we did feature him on that first show. But I, and and I actually called it as the day the internet died before they banned my YouTube video on Sheriff Israel and what he was up to before anybody else. He was, he was being rolled out as a hero. But his backstory came out and nobody likes him anymore. But I nailed his backstory before anybody. Yeah. And they banned me from YouTube for a show I believe I did on WSB.
2: You did. And what's crazy about it is about a week and a half later, the narrative on Sheriff Israel changed because yes. all of that stuff was exposed. Yeah. And then everything that you had already said was perfectly OK to say. But, but you they got wouldn't banned respond
1: for it. to me and they wouldn't take they wouldn't take that strike off of my. So I yeah. stopped posting on YouTube because if you do three strikes, they take you off completely. And since they wouldn't take that strike back, which was an unjust strike, who knows what their next strike was going to be. You know, if you'd have right. no recourse. so You took a
2: perspective that we did not have permission to take yet, so they banned you for yeah, it.
1: Right. But the reason I called it the day the Internet died is I wanted to see the true story of the Parkland shooting. There were some strange stories coming out. Uh, Sheriff Israel... Had been the football coach at that school, his kids should have known the kid who was the alleged shooter. And none of that stuff was in the news. I was like, hey, I want to find out the real story here. And when I started searching, I noticed in the day before, you search stuff like that, and you get pages and pages of all random stuff. The day after, you search like that, and you get 10 CNN stories, 10 Fox stories. You just are not getting any, any alternative media anymore that's and i'm not a great deep web searcher i'm sure there's ways to find that stuff and then uh but now you couldn't even if you could find it it's not there anymore which leads me to my next one but maybe yeah my next one is that i got purged And you, by association, I'm sorry, Binkley, got purged from WordPress. I got tricked into uh, leaving something up that they didn't like, even though they assured me I had a right to do it and they defend my rights. If you want to hear episode 109 at propagandareport.libson.com, episode 109, we talk about the whole story of how I got tricked um, and many, many people got purged from WordPress so that now, even if the search engine suppression didn't hold... The material has been uh, eliminated. And even though I did have a week in fine print, thank goodness, at CC Design told me how to get my stuff out of WordPress before they completely purged it. There was a week where I could get a file download of all the stuff that I had, but, like, my old shows are gone, the pictures are gone, the formatting is gone. It's really bad. So, uh, and it wasn't like I was... Free speeching. It was, I had a business plan. I had reliance with them. I paid premium prices for that. And uh, I didn't, I didn't do, they told me that I had a right to do what I was doing.
2: It was economic warfare is what it was. It's taking yes. people's, it's, it's, yes. t- it's uh, blindsiding people and taking away one of their avenues of income.
1: Yes, and that did that to a lot, a lot of people. Now I have this platform on WSB. So, and they were so helpful. Like they want to help me. Uh, they've never told me what I could or couldn't say. It's very nice, and uh, but most people don't have that. And it wasn't just a free speech thing. However, free speech is protected like that. Like, if you go to Publix and somebody's outside campaigning, they are required to allow that according to the Supreme Court's interpretation of free speech because they use government, you know, they play, pay property taxes, they use the police, they use our laws. They are not, if Publix wants to engage in, um, in the protections that are afforded their economic interests, they are required to allow free speech to occur on their property. And I argue The same goes whether you like that interpretation of the First Amendment or not. That is we are living under that regime and we should not have to die by that sort if we can't live by it. So so when Twitter uses or WordPress uses patents and expects the courts at our expense to protect those patents, then they should be held by the same standards as private property holders. And and I, I even argue that they're not private because they because tech has been built on the shoulders of the taxpayer, specifically through the Department of Defense. They pick winners and losers. They put people together. They they dole out privileges that a regular competitor could never overcome. And didn't you tell me, Binkley, about a a court case in California that just came down?
2: Oh. Um,
1: that said, that it was that social media. They is ruled not,
2: that social media posts are not a First Amendment right.
1: See, I, I, could, I can understand how, I mean, that's when it gets muddied the water. So if you, is pornography a First Amendment right? But it's pretty clear that political speech is a First Amendment right. And according to what my research, it should be protected in those arenas. So anyway, that, that was a very, uh, really significant thing.
2: And the goal, and this is a stated goal by the by Zuckerberg and others, is to get everybody connected to this, what is essentially a borderless digital nation. And if that's what you're going to work to do, and you're going to be working with the government to do it, then you have to, if this is going to be the nation that people live within and interact in, there has to be rights.
1: That's a good point. So if they can, you know, there was a book called... uh Crisis in democracy, crisis of democracy. It was a trilateral commission book, which was Zbigniew Brzezinski was behind that. Mika's father, real globalist, and it had a bunch of different people who were tasked to examine the crisis of democracy that was the '60s. And the conclusion that that Brzezinski drew, if I'm recalling correctly, it's been a while since I read it, and now it's phenomenally expensive on. you know to get a used copy of this Uh, some of the authors co-authors or contributors objected to the conclusion Brzezinski drew but what he what he recommended was that everyone is funneled into a non-democratic institution either a labor union a university a corporation places where they are they need to conform because their institutional involvement is important to their livelihood or their future or whatever but they have no uh, say they cannot, they don't have a right to contribute. And by doing that, and we see that, that is exactly what happened. They, uh, they. it seems like what you're talking about is an extension of that. And, and actually he wrote in another book, uh, America, like in the technotronic age or something, where he said, there will be a time when a single keystroke can bring up every single thing, even your most intimate thoughts and feelings, You. I don't, I don't think he said you would record it yourself, but it would be recorded. And that is where we are. And what you're talking about, that digital place where where he was thinking of it as surveillance is actually or describing it as surveillance, is actually interactive. And it's critical for our livelihoods. right. And you have and if you have no rights in that world and you cannot exist outside of it in any powerful way, like Papa John, you know, you have to you can maybe be a. A laborer, maybe you can be. You can cross into Canada as an illegal immigrant and dig their ditches for them. Yeah, but you're not going to have any power.
2: And you can get people to be brutal on them because they're behind a computer screen. So if you can control masses of people on these digital, you know. Yeah, and you
1: see how that happens. Mm -hmm. You see how vicious people are getting. And it's that that show, Black Mirror. Do not tell me anything about the new one. (laughs) But if you watch the old Black Mirror, so much of this dystopian future you can see just hints of it coming true every day. But another thing before we get to number ten, my my penultimate uh, on my list before we take a break is so, and it all goes together. Valentine's Day was the day the internet died. I couldn't search on it anymore, and then my YouTube got uh uh suppressed then i got purged from wordpress and they brought you down with me because i paid for our all this or it was under my business plan that all our sites were um actually patreons pay for it (laughs) which i appreciate um the so so first they took off our way to search it then they took out our uh the content that was on it and now There is a coordinated effort across technology, media, uh, not only to suppress free speech, freedom of the press, all of that, but to suppress freedom of thought. Yeah. So what happened to Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving can tell you about it. What happened to those guys for questioning, for saying, I, what you're telling me, Steph Curry with the moon landing, what you're telling me about this, I don't believe it. And the argument is, that's bad. Yep. Don't think that, and certainly don't say it.
2: And that's the key right there. People talk about whether it's conservatives or whether it's liberals who are getting banned more. It's The people that are getting banned are the people who question the main narrative that we're given. doesn't matter what side you're on.
1: That's absolutely right. And that, I did not realize, was... And you said that about... Me a long time ago. It's like what difference? That's why I like your show. Can we rethink you? Said, what that? What difference could we make? And and it's no difference. I really don't know the answers. That was my question. I was like I don't really know anything. I'm not an insider. I don't. Uh, I don't have uh, expertise. I, I am really good at questioning assumptions. Actually, maybe too good. Like I started to give myself a headache just questioning every darn assumption. But
2: corrupting the minds of the young with all those questions.
1: Even just. Yes, even just identifying what are assumptions and what are facts and evidence. That is a skill that would that really empowers people against propaganda. So I'll get to number one and a call after the break. This is Monica Perez.
0: Monica Perez.
2: She's an anti-Terminator. Terminator?
0: Terminator? On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
1: This is Monica Perez. We are um, talking about the biggest stories of 2018, and I have one left my biggest, biggest, biggest story of significance for us. And I'm going to save that until uh, after I talk to David. David, you're on with Monica. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me okay?
1: Yes. What do you got?
0: Miss Monica. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and looking forward to a Happy New Year. And I think you nailed 2018, by the way. My thing is, this whole social media thing that the Supreme Court keeps looking at, I'm sorry, but our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, Franklin, Adams, both of them, Washington, every single one of them complained about social media back in the day. They called it newspapers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thomas Jefferson, I remember, didn't he say the most uh, poorly educated person is the one who reads not? It's, read, it's better to read nothing than to read nothing but newspapers, because they were victims of it.
0: Co- correct. Uh, and, and that's where that thing, don't believe anything you read and half of what you see came from.
1: Yeah, I okay. got to tell you something that's going well, to what... blow your mind, David. You ready for something that's going to blow your mind? Okay. I was reading a biography of Patrick Henry. And the intro had all of this real evidence of Thomas Jefferson deliberately disparaging the legacy of Patrick Henry and promoting his own legacy with an eye towards the, the written history of the future. So even Thomas Jefferson was engaged in it. Oh,
0: absolutely. And the, the thing that bothers me, though, is we back then they had a Supreme Court and the Supreme Court could have said, oh, no. Benjamin Franklin, because he owns a newspaper, uh, he has to do this, that, and the other, just like the Supreme Court is doing today. Because somebody happens to pay taxes, they are now under governmental control as to freedom of speech.
1: What do you mean? I I don't think uh, I'm following what you're saying.
0: Okay. Say it again. Uh, Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Would you say Facebook is a private company?
1: It's hard for me to say that it is because I believe that the backstory it, it launched the day that Pentagon the Pentagon's Facebook project closed down, lifelong. I mean I, I don't believe it's a private company really, ultimately. I mean it's okay. publicly so, traded, so I get I get it, but
0: that's that's a whole nother libertarian issue is why is the government funding uh, that okay.
1: Right. So if it were really a private company, I'll tell you, David, if it were really a private company, then it would probably have real competition that would offer real privacy. And it doesn't. And I, you know, it got a leg up to the point where it's it's impenetrable now. And I feel like it's and and not only is it just that it got the privilege, but also that it's there for to be a surveillance monopoly.
0: Oh, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with you on that at all. Okay, but let's just uh, I mean, take this,
1: it for face value, and then you tell me what you're saying.
0: The, the, the face value is uh, me, David, and Tyrone, if I want to make a statement on a private, quote-unquote, private social media thing, then that company can say, oh, no, David and Tyrone, you can't say that on our website." I'm fine with that. Yeah, me too.
1: But the,
0: 100%. But the second that a government entity tells me I can't say that, uh, no, I got, a, I got a major problem with that.
1: And here's the thing, is that if, if they were allowed to do it that way, there would be safe spaces. You could have 100 different ones. Don't ever go to the neo-Nazi site and you're at no risk of being infiltrated by neo-Nazis. Thank you. So then, Thank you could you. just the free market would take care of it.
0: But my problem, my, my big thing, and I'm, I haven't said this well. My biggest problem is is the way the Supreme Court has been ruling for the literally for the last seventy years. They're blurring the line between private and government.
1: Yes. So what I was saying before about why campaigner publics can't kick campaigners off the their front step, I object to that. I don't think I no. I think they should be able to do whatever they want. They should be able to ban panhandlers and everything else from their private property and they pay their taxes and they if if we're forced to pay taxes to use the government provided police, okay. That's private property though. And don't blur exactly,
0: lines. exactly. My house is my property. I pay property taxes, I pay uh and here's state and local. here's the
1: kicker, David. The immigration issue would not be so hot if you did have absolute private property rights, because you could control your own property and your own associations and you wouldn't be subject to having to anybody who's, who gets in the border for on any direction has access to your property. So, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not a massive anti-immigration person. I'm not saying that I'm saying that by screwing up the private absolute private property rights, you you create this collectivist mentality about immigration when people do have the right to work and travel. And they would if you could say, yeah, but not on my personal property. So like, okay, fair enough. You know. So did you have something for me, Binkley? Did you want to chime in there? I thought you were telling me you had to say something. Well, we got to take a break and I'm going to give you my big reveal of what my number one worst thing is. Uh, uh, story of the year, biggest threat of the year. This is Monica Perez.